Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 126 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am your host, Eric Walquist, and joining me this week, as he does every week, is your other host. Uh, I am Jesse the Terrible Treble Wilson. How's it going, J-Dog? Ah, uh, I, I feel like I'm going to die. Why? Well, okay, so at work, we have these, uh, big, uh, cold, we have a couple of cold rooms, you know, where the, where the kegs are stored and the bottles and stuff before mm-hmm. they're served. Mm-hmm. And they have big, heavy cold room doors. And, um, I was, I was standing in front of one of these doors and normally there's not a lot of traffic through the doors. It's just basically a beer closet. Okay. But we're doing this renovation, so oh. uh they're demoing one and like going back and forth through it. Uh-huh. And this guy like was going through one and opened it super fast and the big heavy steel uh like lever knob hit me right between like my upper hip and kidney. Uh-huh. I feel like it knocked my spine out of place. Congratulations. Yeah, it's horrible. You're officially an old man. Or a professional athlete. <laughs> One of the two. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like I got laid up by a Seahawks cornerback or something. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good <laughs> comparatively. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Having a, having a week. Th- these holiday weeks are throwing me off. Like Tuesday's off and then like Monday's on, Tuesday's off and then more mo- weekdays and then weekends. I don't know what's going on. Mm. See, I chose to work through it. I said New Year. <laughs> I'm going to get off on the right foot by not taking any days off this week. I usually get off on my left foot on New Year's, but only on New Year's. Right. That was a weird joke. It it was good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Solid. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't take New Year's Day off. Well. What I did was I took a nap, and then I woke up at like 1030, Mm. stayed up. For the, uh, for the New Year's countdown. Yeah. And then I put on the first episode of Futurama. There you go. Which you may or may not know features a New Year's countdown. Is that the one that takes place in present day? Yeah. Yeah. The, fir- yeah, the pilot episode and it gets frozen at, on time mm-hmm. right when the, when the ball drops on New Year's. Dude, when and- that little, when that little puppy, like you really, mm-hmm. that, that, that's right in the feels, man, right with the puppy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a different episode. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You're thinking of Jurassic Bark, but that, <laughs> I skip it. I cannot watch Jurassic Bark it's without so crying. It's so sad. It's so sad. It's the saddest thing ever. It's like the Green Mile. I can't help it. I just start bawling. <laughs> they retconned it with the new episodes. Were you aware of this? Oh, so the dog didn't die? But, yeah, they changed ah. it so that, uh, Fry actually goes back to the year 2000 <sighs> and, uh, interacts with the dog and then it lives happily ever after they actually changed it when the new series came oh, out god that's like uh kevin smith's last film before red state <laughs> exactly it's 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 a it's a cop out some people okay. got that hey oh i bet you roger dotsy got that <laughs> he connected dotsy on that one speaking of should we get to it we should uh, I, uh before we do i just want to see do you have any uh resolutions this year I did. My mm-hmm. resolution is to paint 12 paintings this year. Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. You got any uh, inspiration or? Well, I'm going to paint one for Levi. I'm going to do a, mm-hmm. uh, 
Pair a teams. new take on an old favorite. Oh. You know the dogs playing poker? Mm-hmm. I'm going to change it to a bunch of orcs from Warhammer playing poker. That's great. And uh, I'll give that to him. So you're just trying to become a Reddit superstar, aren't you? No. And yes. actually, you'll find out later why I'm not. Okay. Well, my resolution this year is I'm going to try to drive to work less. Okay. So I've actually started. I've been taking the bus to work. I realized uh-huh. that there's a bus that picks me up two blocks from my house and then takes me literally to the front doorstep of my work without having to transfer anything. It takes me clear across Seattle. Is that like the five? It's a five. It turns into the 21. Yeah, I used to take the five from your place all the time down yeah. to the uh, ferry. I'm savvy, baby. Yeah. I'm savvy on the five. But I, the problem is, is that so I've been using my bus time, my newfound bus time to catch up on the podcasts episodes that I've been missing. And uh, and so I've been listening to a ton of my bim bam because like my brother, and my brother and me is a great podcast to listen to on the bus. Right. With one problem. Uh, you can't laugh. Exactly. I've been, this morning I was stuck on the bus. It was crammed with people. There was a dude who was literally sitting in my lap. And I was listening to Mabim Bam and I started laughing and like it was becoming uncontrollable. So I literally had to turn down the podcast to zero <laughs> and collect myself, uh, before I could, uh, cause I guess who wants to be the laughing guy on the bus? Yeah, that's pretty bad. That happens to be at work a lot. I'm yeah. listening to a podcast, <laughs> and lately, since the weather's been cold, yeah. I've been wearing like heavy winter gear, and you don't even know I'm listening to a podcast. So all of a sudden, <laughs> I just start laughing. Yeah, I guess that's that's the whole thing about it. Like I'm married, I got nobody to impress, and exactly. I'm and I'm on a bus. <laughs> so like, if there's one sp- safe place other than a roller coaster to laugh out loud. For no reason. It's on a bus. <laughs> I think so, the roller coaster is the best. Yeah, all I mean, roller coasters are like fair game. You can literally do anything on a roller coaster. And wow. I think it's, that's like international waters. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I do all my gambling. Exactly. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I might let it rip next time because I have been listening <laughs> to podcasts at work. I've been like, I listened to the entire back catalog of how did this get made? And I would just sit at my desk and laugh at myself in my cube. And, now, do uh, you you do you listen to it with the speakers on, or do you listen through headphones? No, through headphones. All right. So I have a problem where, especially now, because um, the head brewer is gone at work. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm kind of in charge of things, which okay. is really bizarre to me. Okay. So I'm listening to my podcast, minding my own business, and then people come up and start asking me things. Oh man. And so, I don't know. It's like yeah. I either have to miss part of the podcast and take it out of my ear or, like, unplug uh, it. And then it's, like, a whole hassle because I'm using the Kindle to, like, plug it back in and fire it back up and everything. See, that's what you got to do with the desktop because you just hit the button on your keyboard. Yeah. And well, everybody's used to – I wear my headphones 100% of the time when I'm sitting at my desk. So, everybody's used to, like, walk sneaking up behind me, scaring the bejesus out of me. <laughs> <laughs> There's, it's it's interesting the different techniques. You can really tell a person's personality by how they <laughs> interact with someone wearing headphones from behind. Yeah. Because there's like speaking the, of there's, yeah, go ahead. there's the shoulder tappers. Uh huh. And then there's just the I will repeat myself <laughs> forty <laughs> times until you recognize me as a human being. And then there's my favorite, which is the looper rounders. 
uh, they're the people who loop your field of vision. Yeah, they loop around to the periphery and then start waving. That's what um, I am. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a looper. Yeah, I get a- I get up in your vision. And I'm like that senses down. You're per- I get, I, I'm using the backup sense. Yeah, you're you're Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You're the looper. Yeah, first I try and fart on you. <laughs> well, that's effective. Attract your sense of smell. You know that I have a history of that at work, so I don't want to get into that right now. <laughs> but speaking of getting scared at work, yes, it's funny that you bring this up because yeah. at work <laughs> uh, we're going through a period of construction, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of like uh, sawzalls making their oh, sound yeah. and uh, yeah. power drills yeah. and demo tools, and especially like metal pieces clanking to the floor. Uh huh. And so that's all going on while I'm like cleaning tanks. And the thing about these tanks is they're like large steel, like hollow cylinders essentially. And they're very susceptible to pressure change and they're designed to ha- have a ton of internal pressure, you know, right. like 20, 30 plus pounds of internal pressure and be fine. But if they have external pressure, if they have a vacuum, they oh, crush like yeah, the pants. Yeah. So anytime, like, I hear any of these sounds, I jump, and I'm like, oh, my God, I just destroyed a tank. Oh, oh uh, that was just 10 feet away, and it was, it was fine. And then, oh, my God, it happened again. It's been driving me crazy. Well, speaking I think of, I'm going to get gray hairs. Well, that's cool, though. Get the silver <laughs> fox look. Yeah, that's a good point. Going straight from ginger to silver fox, that's like the, <laughs> that's like the, uh, that's like the holy grail of hair. That's that's rare. Yeah, if only, if only I could pull it off. We shall see. <laughs> well, well, anyway, speaking of beer, Jesse, what are you what are you drinking this week? I'm drinking the Winter Hook, um, Good idea. Red Hook's Winter Seasonal. Ah, it's okay. I, yeah, I'm that's right on, about all I have to say about it. I'm right on par with you because I'm drinking the Pyramid Snowcap. Ooh, gotta get them while you, you can. And uh, Pyramid Snowcap, I will say right now, since 2012 is done, this was my favorite Winter Seasonal of 2012. It's Dude, very, it crushed it this year. It's very pedestrian. Like, Pyramid is this, like, you know, it's not even, like, I don't get Pyramid beers because they, like, the sampler pack always has the really gross, like, the apricot <laughs> yeah, like, or the chai wheat. Pie yeah, the ginger rib oh. job. But, uh, but they knocked it out of the freaking park with this thing this year. The Pyramid this year was fantastic. Yeah. It's the best Pyramid I've ever had. It really I is. The 100%. So, Snowcap, I wanted to get it while I could. I think you're right on the same page. You got to get those winter seasonals in while you can because it's going to start doing up and then raining and then flowering. Yeah. And then who likes spring seasonals? Suddenly it'll be uh, nut browns. Ugh. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's all the brown ales. I like brown ales. I like ales. brown ales. Yeah. I could do that. I completely <laughs> forgot about them. I completely forgot about spring seasonals. Anyway, so let's get uh, let's get to it here. Um, oh. oh, real quick. Dedication. Yeah, Dedo, baby. Um, well, you dedicated it to Russell Wilson last weekend. Mm-hmm. Or last week. This week, I'm dedicating it to my favorite Seahawk, underrated Leon Washington, number 33. Leon Washington. He doesn't even share your last name, and you're still voting for him. I know. He's my... I I can't shake it. For whatever reason, he's totally won my heart. I'm like a, a teenage girl with a crush on him. <laughs> Pro Bowl bound, by the way. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's going to the Pro Bowl. Good. Totally deserves it. Totally. And, uh, yeah, Leon, this is for you. And um, good luck on Sunday. Let's do it, guys. Let's let's root for the Seahawks and watch them crush those 
uh, racistly named uh, sports franchise from the nation's capital. The Chiefs? Yeah. I think that's okay. them. <laughs> anyway, so. let's go ahead and get to some listener feedback this week. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Chris Rogers. Chris uh, sent us an email, personalarrogance at gmail.com, said, Hey, guys, love the podcast. Found you through the Watching Dead podcast. Love you, bold move. Uh, I was wondering if you guys play or have ever played Magic the Gathering. No. I play the game religiously, and I love it. Just wondering your thoughts on the game, and if you play slash played, what are your favorite formats and cards? <laughs> Magic the Gathering. Yeah, what? Chris. What are we, nerds? What are we? What do, what do we have like a nerd podcast every week? A couple of a couple of geeks. What are we talking about? Geek things, the games and stuff. <laughs> no, yes. I, yes, we love we love magic. Yeah, yeah. as evidenced by the last podcast. But I will say my favorite uh, my favorite version of magic to play uh, is is definitely drafts. Oh yeah, and uh, like a little draft tournament is super fun with your friends. Get together, get three booster packs. $12 never felt so good. I agree. Well, Eric, he asked about your favorite cards, oh. and I'm actually curious to hear about your new deck that you've been oh, putting yeah. together. Well, I did. I just got it together on Monday, and I got to play Magic last night, but I didn't get to break this bad boy out because I was playing a multiplayer format, and I feel like it's a little cheap in a multiplayer format. Yeah. Um, but I got the Azor's Electutors, which is from uh, Return to Ravnica. That's right, guys. We're going down this road. Return to Ravnica. <laughs> and, uh, and this card you put it out and then at the beginning of your upkeep you put a filibuster counter on it if you get five filibuster counters on him you win the game so you, you can filibuster a game to death which i think is awesome and anybody who's heard our magic minute knows that this card's right up our alley yeah it's weird that it came full circle it really because did. we Go ahead. years yeah, ago explain. we started talking about filibustering congress with magic cards mm-hmm and now you can win a game of magic cards by filibustering. Literally on our very first episode. I think we <laughs> might have a fan of Watsy. I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I built a deck where basically you got to put these guys out and then it's all walls and control cards. Um, cause if you get any damage, you take a filibuster counter off of them. So it's all walls. All my creatures are walls except for the Azor's Electutors. And then I have control cards. And then I have a couple of uh, enchantments that give me the ability to have multiple upkeeps in one turn. And uh, I've, I've done a lot of mock playing with it, and I think I, I have what it takes to win about 40% of the time. But wow. I'm the type of player that you call a Johnny, which is a type of player who... A Johnny Goldmane? Exactly. I'm a lion. I'm a lion planeswalker. Uh, but basically, I'm the type of guy who I like to get a great combo together, and I don't really care if the deck's that dominant. As long as I can get that great combo. Um, and that's what this set is off of. Like, I have a, I have a changeling deck, which is based off of Coat of Arms, which is just like trying to get, uh, basically trying to steal all the other guys' creatures. But that, mm. that deck works about 10% of the time. <laughs> so, and then I have a, a first strike death touch deck as well, which I really, really enjoy. And that deck's pretty damn stout. That's a beast of a deck. It's a beast of a deck, but you also have a beast of a deck, Jesse. Yeah, I just have a fun one. It's basically my deck that I've been building over several years. I just kind of pick out fun artifact cards and add to it. Yeah, but it's a Thopter deck, basically. It's a it's Thopter a bomb. It's a Thopter bomb deck. It's got the sharding sphinxes that uh poop out mm -hmm. more Thopters and create yeah. Thopters when uh 
when they come into existence. It's fun. It's a great deck. I like playing that deck versus uh, First Strike Death Touch. I think that they're they're a good match. Your your deck usually wins. Well, that's why I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, tell us, uh, Chris Rogers, please tell us what uh, what your favorite formats are, what your favorite cards are, and uh, yeah, I'm just getting back into Magic right now, and I literally today found a coworker who does Magic, and I'm thinking about starting up a Magic club at work. So wow. that's how dorky I am, and. Uh, but this guy hasn't played since Ice Age, so he's like, he wow. needs to get back in the loop. Uh, wow. Okay, anyway, we've got some other listener feedback we got to get to before we start our show. Um, Roger Dotsy, connect the Dotsy for this week. Uh, he says, hey, guys, it's been a while since our last correspondence. I was so thrilled with my mini-series email about Santa Claus. Please go back. I think it's two episodes ago. We really fleshed that Santa Claus mini-series out, and I love that. We got a lot of good feedback on that. Uh, I just didn't have anything to say the past couple of weeks, but I'm back with a high recommendation Django Unchained is awesome. If you're Tarantino fans, and I am a huge one, Jesse, I know you like Tarantino as well. Uh, it's a great addition. He has certainly found his niche in historical revenge fantasy genre with great direction, copious Scotty violence, fantastic music, and a super fun script. It's a three-hour movie that feels like an hour and a half. Leo DeCap, Sam Jack, and uber-talented Chris Waltz. That's what, that's what I'm calling him now. Uh, all put out incredible performances. Go see it. Uh, but <laughs> Roger Dotsy, we love you. We love you, all of our listeners. Uh, you can always send us an email at personalerics.gmail.com. We read them all. We love them all. We cherish them. We write them out longhand, and then we burn them in a fire at the end of the year as a ceremonial blessing to the elder gods for our podcast. Mm. So the more, uh, the merrier, except for our writer's cramp. Um, and we also have a voicemail line, 360-362-0024. We did get a voicemail this week. And I would love to play it right now. Fuck it. And that's it. <laughs> I um, I I feel like this is an episode of Ghost Adventures. It, it is. <laughs> this is like our second Ghost Adventures. This guy's obviously. This ghost is obviously a little on edge. Yeah. Um, hey, bro. Uh, I I heard that you're you're uh you think you're a tough guy in this insane asylum, so. If if you're so tough, why don't you make yourself uh, be known? And I don't have anything against all the people who died here of natural causes. Yes. That's my Ghost Adventures impersonation. Perfect. <laughs> have you watched much Ghost Adventures? No. I just know that the dude wears t-shirts that are way too tight. He uh, He's always antagonizing the ghosts. <laughs> well, that's exactly the kind of response you would get. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, like, he will antagonize the ghost, but then afterwards he makes sure to not be offending the ghosts who aren't jerks. <laughs> Excellent. I'm <laughs> totally serious. If, if, there's a, if there's a ghost that did jerky things, like killed someone, right. he will just, like, call them out and, like, call them names all night long. But if there's a ghost <laughs> of someone who just, like, kind of died of, like, the plague... <laughs> then uh, he's like super polite. Well, you should be. I mean, that's just a ghost doing ghost stuff. Yeah, exactly. Not a jerk. Not ghost. a jerk ghost. <laughs> Not that you know. He's also just doing ghost stuff. But um, you got to bust the ghost every once in a while. If yeah. there's anything we've learned, you can't be afraid of no ghost, and you got to bust a ghost every once in a while. Mm-hmm. All right, Jesse. Let's do our little tiny Matt roll off. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we're each going to roll a 20-sided die. We're going to see who gets to speak first on the podcast this week. 
And here we go. I rolled an eight. 17. Oh, 17. All right. You go first, buddy. Well, okay. So I don't have so much of a topic as I need to do a little bit of a therapy session. Excellent. Excellent. Because you know me, I'm a dweller. A dweller. Yeah. If if something, like if something goes wrong in my Uh, life or uh, someone says something mean to me, I just think about it and dwell on it for a long time. Now, do you take it personally? Extremely. See, I'm in the same way. I know. You're exactly the same. We're both dwellers. We just found, we just found the onion of our relationship, (laughs) Jason. It's that we both take things extremely personally. Unless we're saying it to each other. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We're not too hard on each other. That's though, the honestly. thing. I think we understand the soft, the soft, mushy uh, core like a gusher candy. Uh, or a rotten is, onion. We're just a, we're just a, we're just a waxy, chewy exterior filled with fruit juice. And yeah, that's uh, that's the gusher of our soulless existences. Exactly. So what mm. happened here is uh, I was on Reddit slash R slash Beer. Mm. And uh, there was a topic, and uh, they were discussing the merits of canning versus bottling. Ah. And it was turning into basically like a big can love fest. And everyone was saying <sighs> that canning is better than bottling, That's which is... BS, dude. The it only is thing, BS. The only so, thing cans are good for is camping. Exactly. No, yeah. you're 100% correct. And everyone was saying, uh, well, the thing about beer with, with cans is they don't allow any light into uh, the bottle. Uh, and I think, especially with beer geeks, they yeah. latch on to one piece of information and act like that's the end all be all when it comes to beer. One, whereas, and it's one piece of information that was broadcasted on a Sam Adams commercial five yeah, years ago that exactly. has perpetuated throughout beer culture. As and, a, and it's, all it is is a marketing technique. And, yeah. And um, the fact is, if you have a brown glass bottle that's stored in a case, light contamination mm-hmm. is a non-factor. Right. And uh, you're much more likely to have heat influence your beer uh, than light uh-huh. if it's stored incorrectly. And that's regardless of its bottles or cans. So what I write is, um, in regards to this, is a total uh, can love fest. I write, it's a personal preference thing. I prefer bottles to cans for craft beer. I feel like aluminum, aluminum affects taste slightly, whereas glass won't. When it comes to light, if we're talking about brown glass bottles inside a case, light is a non-factor. Heat is much more likely to affect beer than light. I also simply don't think it, quote, feels right drinking IPA, for instance, from a can. Yeah. The way it pours off the lip of the can is different from a bottle. That being said, I prefer draft beer above any other packaging. And I'm with you, buddy. I'm with so you. So that's what, that's what I say. And I get a couple of uh responses mm-hmm. that are, you know, whatever. And then black underscore zero decides to chime in. Oh, it's black zero, man. Black zero. He says... I'm sorry, but this logic makes no sense. You say that aluminum affects the taste, so you prefer bottles to cans. Then you say you prefer draft beer over all packaging. Draft beer is stored in a keg. The keg is oh made from aluminum. God. And oh technically, the beer in cans never touches the aluminum anyway. Beer cans are coated in epoxy liner that imparts no flavor to the beer. 
I'm afraid it's all in your head. BS, by the way. Super BS. This guy here. drinks Coors Light. This <coughs> these people are quoting beer marketing commercials. And who's to say epoxy imparts no flavor? Exactly. And by the way, uh, a can. So you have twelve ounces of liquid around how much metal, right? Exactly. As opposed to a keg, which is made out of steel. It's not made of aluminum, is it? Right. No. Ex- that's exactly the point I made to him. Yeah. In my in my response to him, I say kegs are made of stainless steel. Yes. To which, and this is where I'm starting to get upset and thinking <laughs> that the internet is just no place for me. Okay. Because I can write something, and then I f- have this sense of dread, right. and I don't want to come back to the website because I know there's going to be that little orange envelope in yep. the top right corner of the thing that says someone has some bullshit to say to you. Right. And that gives me anxiety, like legitimate <laughs> anxiety between when I make a response and now there's a choice when I log on to the Internet, like either I have to confront this thing right. or I can just say goodbye to Reddit forever. Right. Those are my two options. Right. So he says, not all of them. I have eight kegs in my storage oh unit. My Three of them are made of aluminum. What a dick. Which... That's weird. That is super weird. And you, you I believe, and I believe kegs? Jesse, I said that I believe you wrote most kegs are made of steel. No, I right? wrote kegs are made of okay. stainless steel. Okay. Well, regardless, most of his kegs are made of stainless steel. Regardless, I don't think he actually has three aluminum kegs. I think it's I've, BS, worked, dude. I've worked with modern kegs. Right. I'm a I'm a professional brewer. Right. And uh, this is something I probably should have just said. But I hate playing that card. Yeah, because then then it's Reddit, so it's like prove it. Yeah, exactly. But like I've worked with modern kegs. I've actually worked with antique kegs. I've worked with modern Sankey straight sides. I've worked with sidebung Sankeys. I've worked with Golden Gate kegs. I've even worked with the crazy like root beer kegs from 1950. And they're all made out of steel. But Have you worked with the Appaloosa straight shooter? Of course. Have you worked with the uh, Finnegan's Nightmare? I've worked with the best of America. Okay. So I reply to him, and yes, I am just going to read this out. Uh-huh. Well, the vast majority of kegs used commercially in the U.S. are made of stainless. Some kegs are made of unicorn farts and magic. And this is where I took it a little. I took no, that's it into great. the sarcastic no, side, you which take, I probably should not have done. No, that's perfect. you got to take the Reddit curve. Because <laughs> otherwise, that, and I just want to let you know, there was a Ask Reddit. Uh, I think it was uh, just a couple days ago. Um, of what is the snobbiest re- uh, subreddit, and uh, beer was in the like the top five. I'm not surprised. Yeah. It's super snobby. I hate it because I love beer. I hate beer snobs. Right, right. I will. I mean, I will drink. I will drink uh four loco out of a aluminum horse trough. <laughs> That's how not beer snob I am. Right, right. That's uh, last night. I went to the magic thing, and uh, and my buddy was like, "Hey, man, you want a beer?" And he brings me back a PBR. All right, and I'm like Vietnamese. Viet. I can't ever say this word. You're Vietnamese. I'm Vietnamese against uh, a PBR. Viet- vehemently, vehemently against PBR. Vehemently, yes. Are you? I am. Like, I think that it tastes like, and, and this goes all the way back to college because when I was in my frat in, in San Diego, uh, I was in the Jewish fraternity. I was the only Gentile in there. 
Mm-hmm. That's a story for another day. Elias. Uh, yes. Uh, and, <laughs> and I, uh, there was two crews of the cheap beer. Cause when you're in college, if you're in a frat, you, you have the cheap beer, right? There was the Natty Ice crew and there was oh. the PBR crew. And you took Natty Ice? I was a Natty Ice buddy. Cause it, I was, wow. I was an, I was, uh, uh, I don't know if I should say this on air. I was not of experienced drinking status at that point. <laughs> and therefore, I wanted beer that tasted like water, and that's what Natty Ice is. One beer. So you are only 21 and a half. I get exactly, you. Exactly, exactly. Um, so anyway, and I've, I've had this thing against PBR like for a long time. And I drank PBR last night, and I was like, you know what? This isn't that bad. I don't know what my deal is. This yeah, is actually, it's actually not that bad. Completely drinkable, and I think I've been on this bandwagon. And then I, <laughs> and then I made this joke. I was like, you know, guys, I think that somebody should just bottle PBR in like glass bottles and sell it for like ten bucks a six pack with a different name. And I bet you it would be like, uh, I bet you somebody would drink it. Well, PBR won a gold medal at GABF in 2012. You got to be joking. That's what we were talking about. They should just call it winner. They, yeah, beer. they won a gold medal at the Great American Beer Festival in 2012 that for is, American Lager. That is crazy. It's it's got they, you know what it is it's a lager, but it's got a little it's got a little something something. It's got a little bite at the end of it for sure. All right, Jesse, what what so what else you got about this topic? You got you well, gonna wrap up Black Zero? I, I just want to go on. Um, basically, he says, "What's your point? Kegs are made out of metal." Mm. <laughs> And I said stainless is different from aluminum. Yeah, like uh, hey buddy, hey buddy, why don't you tr- why don't you try to uh, paint a DeLorean, and then you'll understand what the difference is between <laughs> stainless steel and aluminum. Uh, and he says, um, "Oh really? So all the guys homebrewing in aluminum kettles have beers just tainted with metallic taste, huh? I'll let them know." <laughs> and I say, "Who's talking about brewing? This is a packaging issue." And so I close it off. I say, anyway, I'm done with this conversation. You seem to have some sort of grudge and or personality disorder. (laughs) (laughs) And you could, I could tell the whole time because I would come back like 18 hours later and he would, he would have made a reply. He's just the type of guy who won't let you get the last word. Right, right. And he, and this is what gets me the most is that like I have the, now it's like I can't even, there's no way I'm going to engage him anymore. So I have to surrender the last word to him. Yeah, that's and fine. he says, or it isn't an issue at all. Grudge. Yes, I'm an angry aluminum mogul and I'm look and I'm holding a grudge against all the glass bottle companies. So he just says like this sarcastic thing right. at the end. Your sarcastic thing was way funnier, by the way. <laughs> I, I was totally sincere when I said he had a personality <laughs> disorder. No, the unicorn and magic thing. Oh. Yeah, I don't know, Eric. It just like I'm such a dweller that I actually legitimately lose sleep about this. All right, there's only one thing to do here, buddy. Just uh destroy my computer, go on a neo luddite rampage, and um take a magnet to the VHS store. Yeah, I don't know. Or okay. we have a bunch of people that were pouring this uh, sob story into their ears right now. If our <laughs> listeners have the perfect comeback for. <laughs> Dark Zero, please let us know. Personal arrogance at gmail.com. Uh huh. I also love that his name is Dark Zero. Like, he's basically. Black Zero. Oh, Black Zero. He basically has the name of a supervillain. So, (laughs) it's kind of (laughs) perfect. 
It's true. And that's X-E-R-O. Black underscore X-E-R-O. <laughs> Go ahead and just downvote everything he's ever said if you want. I'd be fine with that. I, I think we need our comeback for Black Zero. So if you have that, please write us personal to gmail.com. I'm going to move on. Uh, so, Jesse, uh, earlier today, uh, I went ahead and posted on Facebook, uh, just letting everybody know we are a day late in the dollar, but not never, never the dollar short. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, so we, I just wanted to see if anybody had any topics that we should talk about this week. And uh, good buddy, friend of the show, uh, has a brand new con- uh, podcast. Anybody should check it out if they're in the comics. It's called Comic Sans. Um, Mitch Netzer said um, he got this right off of Ask Reddit. What live animal would make the best melee weapon? And uh, and Chris Mansfield seconded that. He said, I second the melee animal question. So I think we have to answer this for the fans, Jesse. Octopus. Next topic. <laughs> Why an octopus? It's got eight freaking arms with suction cups. <laughs> That's like turning one of, especially if you're dual wielding, you have 16, you have 16 <laughs> limbs now. Dual wielding. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dual wielding, uh, dual wielding octopus is a pretty, and they're light, so you could throw them too. Like if you have a whole backpack or like aquarium pack full. Well, Jesse, but what? How do you carry them? How do you how do you keep your weapon? This is this has always been my qualm with the lightsaber. It's like if I had a lightsaber for twenty minutes, my leg would be gone. <laughs> like it is not a sword, so it doesn't bounce off anything. It's just going straight through. Right, but I, I think you have to. I, you know those lighters for, like, lighting your grill where you have to pull the trigger and also push with your thumb the thing? Dude, but you're swinging it around. Like, I would be legless calorizing oh, right. in about yeah. 12 seconds. If you're trying to use it as an actual weapon. Exactly. You make a good point. The octopus would probably just turn on you. I guess that is the reason why only Jedi use them. Yeah, like, I think that's the that's part of it. Yeah, Han Solo isn't picking up a lightsaber. Basically, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, <clears throat> except he did once to cut open a tauntaun. Take that. Mm. That would have been funny if he did it backwards and cut yeah, his guards off. If you remember back, he is very delicate with the lightsaber in that seat. He, he is. Yeah, he holds certainly. it with two hands and he's very, he's very uh, clunky. Let's just, let's just put it that way. So, yeah. So the Jedi see like a couple seconds into the future. Basically, when they're sword fighting, they're just seeing, like, them dismembering themselves over and over <laughs> and trying to avoid that. Uh, Lydia and I watched this terrible movie called Premium Rush uh, uh-huh. this week, and it's about bike messengers, and it's basically that exact thing. Is every- Was that the one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah, it's pretty terrible. But it's, like, bad in a good way. That guy's in everything. It's, like, uh, it's basically, like... A movie, it's like a 10 year old mid 90s, uh, BMX commercial for like an hour and a half. 10 years old and mid 90s? Cause I don't know oh, how that's four, mathematically I, possible. I meant f- four 10 year olds. Oh, okay. But, uh, but that's what he does is every time he comes to an intersection, he like looks left and he sees himself riding that way and then getting like smashed by a car. And wow. then he like looks right and he sees uh, himself like cutting off a UPS truck. 
or no, cutting off a pedestrian who then gets run over by a UPS truck. Nice. And then he, uh. So he takes that option, obviously. Yeah. And then he, like, looks at this one angle and then he, like, rides through that angle. So that's basically what he is. He's Jediing. He's a Jedi. That yeah. seems like a, uh. I feel like you could be doing more with your life with that set of skills. Yeah. Well, Maybe he also, pilot or... in the movie, he already graduated law school, but never took the bar. Uh-huh. That's what, that's, that's the kind of movie this Instead, is. Instead, he took the handlebars. <laughs> exactly. Was that not the tagline? Yeah. I think I it was. Like it should have been. See, I'm a big fan. I'm always a fan of, like, the swordfish. But, or, like, a marlin is very wonky. Swordfish is too obvious. What about a narwhal? What about a T-Rex? Well, see, that's the whole stipulation. I have to read you this. There okay. are rules to this. So I have this. I have the subreddit open right now. It says... I haven't seen this. Uh, this has nothing to do with the deadliness of the animal itself, but rather its potential to be picked up and weaponized by a human. So while, say, a bear might triumph in nature's arena, it is far too large and unwieldy for human use. Mm-hmm. So I think... Porcupine would be good. Porcupine is up there. Uh, I think echidna is also up there. I'll read some of the top answers right here. I don't uh, think echidnas are actually, like, I think you could touch one of their spines and be okay. See, that's what I'm thinking. I'm really thinking a uh, sea urchin. Like a yeah? sea urchin mace. The problem with that is it's going to break apart. Right? <laughs> uh, little squishy. little squishy. Okay, so we have we have the myotonic goat is the what biggest one. Armadillo. Yeah, I was thinking armadillo because it's tough. Right. It's a tough mutter. Just for bludgeoning. Purposes. Yeah, yeah, and that's the whole thing. Is like I, I was having a conversation with two doctors about The Walking Dead at a at a Christmas party a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about like the medical issues of The Walking Dead. Like, why is it when you cut somebody's neck, why does blood spurt out of them because they shouldn't have any blood pressure blood because pressure, they're dead? Right? But then we were debating as to whether or not they actually do have blood pressure, and I said it's probably just kinetic force. Anyway, we were talking about what would be the best weapon in a zombie apocalypse. And I was like, baseball bat is what I'd go for. Because, you know, crossbow, you can run out of arrows. Uh, a sword or an axe can get stuck in a body. Whereas if you have a blunt instrument like a baseball bat, that's just gonna, that's gonna bounce off dudes. And it's, yeah. you know, it's completely manual. It's an analog uh, weapon. Yeah, that, I mean, then you gotta ask yourself, like, I don't know enough about the nature of concussion, but is it, like, concussion enough to destroy a zombie brain? Yeah. If you okay. hit someone in the if head. If we're saying yes, then that's definitely. Well, and, and, it, and they're rotting corpses. So I bet you if you took a good swing with an aluminum baseball bat, you'd lop the, their head would come clean off. Skull don't rot, buddy. But neck do. Spine. Yeah. Spine, I guess. Spine does. rot. Spine rot. Buddy. Yeah, I would definitely. I would rather take a take a baseball bat than a sword. Yeah, yeah, or an axe, really, because axes are too top heavy. Um, this is one from Reddit: a box jellyfish flail, poison damage wins. That's pretty badass. But the problem is the box jellyfish would die in a matter of hours. Yeah, I'm still going with um, I'm still going with octopus on this one. I think you grab one of the legs mm-hmm. and then you twirl it around like a morning star for centrifugal force to mm. keep the other seven legs away from you. Because now you're controlling those seven legs are just spinning around. 
And then he could just slap someone in the face. Those other seven legs, which are freaked out, they just grab the first thing. You got that guy like totally under control. You could throw him to the ground. Yeah. Uh, You could suffocate him. You could just let go of the jellyfish and it's going to kill it. Jellyfish are hyper intelligent. They got the beak. They're lightweight. You're not going to. You're not going to break any of its bones by spinning it around because guess what? It doesn't have bones, buddy. (laughs) I I, think octopus wins. I also like the idea of a stingray. Just because wielding is... Too soon. Oh, God. Steve Irwin was a national treasure. I'm sorry, but to all the Aussie (laughs) fans. uh, But really, I mean, obviously, uh, it's been proven. Well, I mean, is this a one-on-one fight, or are we talking about a, like a free-for-all? I with, think like, it's a one-on-one animal melee weapon versus animal melee weapon. That's what I'm assuming. See, what I like it's about like a, the octopus is it has it's got staying power. Well, except it's out of water. That's, that's the problem. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> the octopus at the Seattle Aquarium, like every two and a half months, it breaks out of its thing and like. Ends up on the monorail. That's because it's hyper intelligent. Exactly. Well, if that's Plus the you case, can get it like a like a reverse scuba suit. Why not? Well, if that's the case, then I'm going. Uh, I'm going lionfish flail. Because well, what's a flail? You get to attach it to like a dowel. I'm tying that's a gets the rope. I'm tying a rope around its tail. No rope. No dowels. No oh. chain. It's an animal. All right. It has to be entirely on the merits of the animal. Well, I think as as always, cephalopods have reigned supreme on this show, and uh, yeah, yet again, and we tip our hat to HP Lovecraft. Or the ram, though. The ram? Let's not forget. You can't carry a ram. Sure, you can. No, you can't carry a ram. How much does a ram weigh? A ram weighs like 120 pounds, easy. That's fine. Well, look at. I mean, historically. And this is one of my favorite things of, like, medieval weaponry is mm. the battering ram. <laughs> is you basically turn, like, a tree so into just... a big bludgeoning weapon, and then you carve, like, a ram's face on right. the end of it? That's mm. awesome. So you've basically got this ram under your arm, and you're running around with it. You using, grab... Using the momentum <laughs> you... to destroy other people. You grab with your left arm, if you're right-handed like me, with your left arm, you grab it, like, right on the scruff of the neck. Yeah. And with your right arm, you just put it all the way up the butthole, like Mega Man. Okay. Like it's a Mega Man ram. And then so, you... Wow. So it's a puppet ram. Yeah, it's a puppet ram. And it's then a, you uh, it's a Muppet smash ram. people with it. It's a Muppet ram. I wish everyone could see the gestures I'm making right uh, now. I'm glad I can't. I'm glad I can't. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I think finally, I think you gotta, you gotta bring into the Swiss army knives of melee animal weapons is the duckbill platypus. Oh, that's a good point. Poisonous spines under the feet. Uh You have the tail, which is the slap face tail. (laughs) And then a razor sharp beak. And it's pretty good. And it's portable. Uh huh. I do like. I also, as long as we're going with Australian animals, the mm. koala just for surprise factor. <laughs> Again, this isn't like the. I'm I'm thinking of like a a twenty person free for all scenario. Mm-hmm. Just like one guy in the corner with a koala, <laughs> and then you think it's no big deal, and then all of a sudden. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, Jesse, well, we need to move on to some trivia. What do you say? Yeah, let's do that. All right, we're going to do Genus 1 of Trivial Pursuit. I'm going to roll a six-sided die to see which category we're doing this week. I rolled a four, which is arts and literature. Jesse, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. I've just go- been reading up on that. <laughs> on, on arts and literature. Uh-huh. Uh, I think anytime you're reading, you're reading about uh, literature. Whatever. Uh, not what I was reading. All right, let's play. Let's play along at home. Uh, Jesse, this question is for you. Who is Queen Aletta's husband? Uh, that would be King Othello. Mm. I believe that was Isabella, but uh, I'll say I'll say Macbeth. Prince Valiant. From the from the sa- Saturday morning comics. Yeah, right. <laughs> I should have known. I guess that's Sunday morning. Who uh, who reads a newspaper anymore? Garfield. Uh, this question is for me. Who was dipped in the river Styx? Uh, I'm gonna say. Oh, what's his fucking name? What's his name? Um. Oh God, Dante. I'm gonna say Dante. I was actually just talking about this to a couple of the local drunks at the bar today after work. Uh huh. It's Achilles, hence the Achilles heel. He was dipped in, and uh, whoever dipped him was covering his heel, and oh. that's why he has the vulnerability there. All right, you got it, buddy. That's quite. I can't believe that came up. That's astute of you. Thank you. This question's for you. Whose autobiography? Whose autobiography is titled "My Wicked Wicked Ways"? Um, Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna say. Uh, Ralph Nader. <laughs> Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn. Of course. Yep. Robin Hood of his time. <laughs> That's actually true. Uh, this one's for me. I need this to tie. What was the biggest selling American novel before Gone with the Wind? Uh, biggest selling American novel before Gone with the Wind. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Moby Dick. Mm, Creeps of Wrath? Damn it, I was going to say it. Oh, I was going to say this. It's Uncle Tom's Cabin. Oh, I was going to say that. Too bad he didn't. Oh, uh, FML. All right, Jesse. We also won the roll. If you want everything this week, Jesse, what's your what's your second topic? Okay, so for my second topic, if you're anything like me, mm-hmm. uh, you may have had the inclination once or twice to raise the old one finger salute to uh, a a police officer. What? <laughs> what? Just in your, you know, in your rebellious years. In the rebellious years, I think, I don't know. You see a car, you see a car, and he's uh, a cop car, and he's waiting in, uh, in trap to give you a ticket. Uh And even if you're lucky enough to survive, but it just, you know, you think, what a disaster that would have been if I'd been going, you know, five miles an hour more than I am right now. And you think about raising the middle finger, but you don't. Maybe. I never. Maybe a curt head shake. Well, the thing is, I've always been curious what would happen. Uh Uh-huh. What would happen if you did flip off a cop? I I think it greatly depends on the cop. Right. And it's like, 
I mean, on one one hand, pardon the pun, that's like mm. protected speech, but is it? I don't know. Right. So a uh, a man, Mr. Schwartz, um, found out in 2006 he was a passenger in a car in New York when he saw a police car. It was, uh, I believe it was Memorial Day, and he decided to give him the old one-finger salute. Right. Mr. Schwartz, he was a uh, Vietnam veteran and a retired airline pilot. Uh, he extended the finger out of the car's roof, apparently, which I like that move. Yeah, I mean, he obviously was so enraged that he was able to bust his fist through the roof. <laughs> Yeah. Of the this is in 1986. They didn't have they, in 2006. They didn't have sunroofs. Yeah, exactly. They no, had moonroofs at best. The first sunroof was uh, 2009, I believe. Right, right. So um, he uh, basically he ended up getting pulled over for this as a passenger. The car got pulled over. This is 2006, and this uh, this law the. The legality of this has been going on seven years later. Uh-huh. And um, just just recently, the charges were dropped, but he was uh, cited with uh, disorderly conduct. Okay. And uh, my favorite part of this story was um, the officer who pulled him over. Eventually, the, the judge decided that it, he was pulled over for, you know... A weird pretext. For exhibiting freedom of speech. Well, you can't, apparently you can't just pull over someone for uh, flipping the bird, as right. it were. Yeah, there's but, probably, because there's also the thing, so like here in Washington State, uh, for a while, talking on your cell phone was a was illegal while you're driving, but you couldn't get pulled over for it. It, it, it could only be a secondary offense. <laughs> But then they changed that so that it, now it's a primary offense. So now you right. can get pulled over for talking to your cell phone while driving. Whereas I, before you couldn't do that. You could only, it was only like secondary offense. And I think that was the same thing with seatbelt laws for a while as well. Right. Yeah. I don't know if this is a secondary primary offense or what, but the reason the cop gave for pulling him over was, um, he thought that Mr. Swartz was quote, trying to get my attention for some reason. Uh. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> and uh, the police officer pulled him over because he, quote, wanted to assure the safety of the passengers. Right. And did he write a <laughs> ticket or anything? Well, he got arrested. What? For disorderly conduct. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. And uh, after seven years, it finally <sighs> has uh, been the charges dismissed. You know, I'm not a big fan of wasted federal dollars. <laughs> but, but when it can, when it can flesh out. Are you a bit Romney speechwriter? When it can flush, when it can flesh out a hot, a hard hitting topic like this for seven years through the <laughs> justice system, that's when I'm saying, Uncle Sam, open my wallet and take what you want. Mm -hmm. I've always <laughs> been curious what would happen. I've actually thought about this in the past. Like if you did flip off a cop. What would they do? And um, what state I think was you're this right in? It, in New York? Ah, well, NYPD doesn't have the best track record. It doesn't. <laughs> That's not what the TV shows would lead me to believe. <laughs> yeah, TV shows would lead you to believe you're running. You're a jogger. You're going <laughs> through the park. You find a dead body. 
they ask one person. They think that's the guy. Turns out it's another guy. Then that guy goes to court. And then it's a cliffhanger. But right before it ends, they find out that it was him. And then, dung dung. Yeah. And that's that. There's some, there's some comedian who was saying that he suspected it was the joggers committing all these crimes. <laughs> <laughs> They're always the ones around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, basically, this leads me to the conclusion that I should just keep my finger where it belongs. And that's on the steering wheel at 10 and 2. There you go. Or in your nose. Yeah, that too. You are driving. My nose. <laughs> this I is... don't know who it's the joke on with that one. If you flip someone off with the, your finger in your nose, that's what. It's a great. It's a great uh, dodge. You're flipping off the world, but you're also flipping off yourself. Yeah, exactly. Whoa, that's that's pretty it's meta. It's deep, buddy. Deep. That is one thing about riding the bus as well. This morning, I witnessed a man pick his nose and then put that finger Uh-oh. right, right in that mouth. Just right in there. And then this was the kicker. Okay. So he's sitting right across from me and I see the finger up the nose. It's like Indiana Jones up there. It is going for the archaeological expedition. Okay. Uh, he's, he's searching for the crystal skull. He found the crystal skull. He found it. Okay. He found the crystal skull and all three stones in the temple of do. He's pulling out the <laughs> finger and then he, Puts it in his mouth with a dodgy eye, looking around, and I'm all peripheral vision on this because I'm giggling to my brother, my brother, and me. <laughs> and then I take a look at him. He's, like, looking over at the back of the bus, just to, just doing the scan. But the finger's still in his mouth. This is a good two to three <laughs> seconds later because he's 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 converted it into a nail chewing activity. Oh yeah, just just chewing the old nails. <laughs> yeah, just chewing the nail. Maybe Eric, what he was doing <laughs> is he was picking tartar from his teeth and putting it in his nose. In his nose, that makes sense. Well, what would you rather though, Eric? Would you rather he eat his own booger or wipe it on the seat? In the public transportation. I'm saying save the booger expedition for a place that cares. This is the whole thing, man. You're on the bus. I'm on the bus. I'm laughing to myself. I'm the crazy guy in the corner. No one to impress. Okay? So If it has to happen, though. I guess you're right. I guess I at just least he, I proved he myself He fell wrong. on that grenade. <laughs> he fell on it. He felt the bug. The dust attack <laughs> happened. And he said, I got three options here. <laughs> Let's go for the garnish. What's the third option? The third option, it's, it's, a, it's the flick, the stick, or the, or the, or the nom. And he nommed well, it. Yeah. So you stick it and you choose exactly where someone else is going to find it later. Or right. you flick it and you allow fate to decide. Dude, it's the bus. Literally, who's gonna find it later? Everywhere on the bus smells like cigarettes. Okay, this is the bus. Okay, put a booger on the bus. It's not anything it hasn't seen before. <laughs> I don't know. And this is the problem: is that if this guy's an avid bus rider, I'm gonna see him for a long time, and he's always gonna be booger boy to me. Yeah, well, at least, you know, he's he's disposing of the booger instead of filling the whole booger up with his bus, the whole bus up with <laughs> boogers one day at a time. You know, I guess that's true. He's taking one for the team. 
I do want to say, I, I believe I was on the five when I saw someone on the bus, like, totally rolling spleefs. Yeah. Just a total disregard. And this was before it was legalized or whatever. Well, what are you going to do? All right, I got to I got to keep rolling here. My computer's yeah. going to die. So we have we it's like a ticking time bomb here. Mm-hmm. Jesse, so we got to get to my second topic. Uh this this also comes to us from our Facebook feed. Uh Greg Ross uh wrote us. He said, "Will Elder Scrolls Online be hit or miss?" And uh and Jesse, you're you're both more See, I'm a I've never really done an MMO RPG. Uh, but I have played Morrowind and Skyrim, but you are more well-versed in Skyrim and Morrowind, and you've actually done MMORPGs. So, I wanted to get your take on this, but I also, uh, have something else that I want to double up on. But first of all, what's your initial reaction to this? Uh, well, initial reaction to the question is, if I could accurately answer that question, I would be running the most successful game blog on the internet yeah i i don't know <laughs> well and that's the whole thing it's like uh you know there have been a lot of great mmo properties that have gone and they haven't i mean you know wow is wow is the pinnacle wow is what everything is going to be graded against right right so whether it's world of warcraft or not it's not going to be world of warcraft i mean there have been a ton of ips that are very popular that haven't made the jump. Even Star Wars: The Old Republic, probably the second most famous RPG, never made that jump. If it's, I, I, I could totally see it being on that same level because it's still Bethesda. Um, so maybe I, I would, I would, if I had to predict, I would say it'd probably be on the same level of The Old Republic. Um, but you have a lot of IPs that are very popular that went to the MMO world and didn't have a great time. Dungeons and Dragons, uh, right. Star Trek, the original right. Star Wars Galaxies. Um, you know, so whatever. I, 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 I don't know. I love Elder Scrolls. I think if they could put that experience in an MMO, that might be great. But I also just cherish Elder Scrolls as a single player experience. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was talking to Jim Jones of Bald Move Network and he was saying, he was lamenting that it was going to be a MMO because he wants just a, like a four-player co-op Elder yeah. Scrolls so badly. Oh yeah, that's basically Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. and that that would be pretty. That'd be pretty slick. I don't know if there's a company that's gonna do it right. Mm-hmm. I want to think it's Bethesda. I really hope so. Right. It's been a long time since I've played an MMO. I love MMOs. I really do. I have yeah. a long history with them, and. If there was one that was done right, if Elder Scrolls was done right, oh, yeah, I'd get into that. Right. And, and you know, speaking of MMOs, uh, Jordy, good friend of the show uh, and MVP at Life, Jordy Hoyt, also posted on a thread, uh, just sending us a link, a very mysterious link to Wikipedia about Ingress, the game. Have you heard about this? Uh, no, I haven't. So it's an Android OS uh, MMO made by Google. And what it is is an augmented reality MMO video game uh, where you belong to one of two factions, Enlightened or Resistance. The gameplay allows players to enclose regions of territory on the surface of the Earth with virtual links between virtual posts, which are visible in game software. Top-level goal of the game is for one's function 
to control large numbers of mined units, the estimated number of humans within the regions of territory controlled by the faction. Basically what this is, is there's a bunch of these, uh, there's a bunch of these, I want to get this right, they're, they're basically these regions, um, and they're actually set throughout the physical world, and they're set around landmarks, so I'm sure like the Space Needle is a region, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you kind of go through real world, and it's basically like Foursquare mixed with an MMO. Hmm. And this is kind of where I would love to see MMOs going. Like, Foursquare is a cool concept, but I don't really give a shit if I'm the mayor of Gold's Gym on 24th Street. <laughs> but, like, if I can do something while I'm riding the bus that helps me build a character in a world, that is, that's a pretty cool activity. Um, so, like, why not? Uh, be innovative. You have a great IP in Elder Scrolls. What if Elder Scrolls, what if they turned the U.S. into the entire thing? You had, like, North Dakota was Skyrim and, like, Florida was Morrowind <laughs> and basically you could, like, go around and, and claim these territories in a mobile way. Eh, because they already have such a great thing going that save the experimental stuff for something no one's ever heard of. And something like Skyrim or something like Elder Scrolls, they can be a little more conventional. Well, there you go. That would well, be my take on it. Then why don't we just do a Muppets MMORPG? Why not indeed, sir? I mean, think about it. You could have Sesame Street, but you could mm-hmm. also have Los Angeles, both within the Muppet uh, realm. I just love the yeah. idea of going to Sesame Street for like... And they have like Dickensian in England. Exactly. Dickensian England, they have the the pirates, uh, you know, of Treasure Island. Uh huh. This could be good shit. The Somali pirates of Treasure Island. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know. I I you know, I've said it a long time. I said it with the Star Wars RPG and uh, MMORPG. It didn't work out. Uh, I'm just not a PC guy, and I know PC guys are rolling their eyes at me right now. But like, until they put an MMO. On a console, I'm probably not going to play an MMO. But that's just me. Yeah. And, you know? I, I mean, we've been over this before, and I I think it's a communication issue because it's just much more difficult to communicate over a console. Well, it's more difficult to type, but if you just use your headset. Yeah, but... And, and I think they could tailor it, something. So, like, I think that the perfect uh, the perfect candidate for this is Borderlands. If they could figure out a way to do a Borderlands MMO, I think that is something that could really work on console. Take I that experience. Maybe work, but uh, MMOs, by their very nature, include a bunch of people communicating at once, and that doesn't work with when you have oh. twenty people talking over each other. Yeah, I just think it'd be cool if, like, if I'm playing Borderlands and I get a mission, and I can team up with a group of people online that I may or may not know. To go in and get that mission done. I guess you can kind of do that already. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't have the answer. Like I said, if I knew, I would be running the most successful video game blog on the internet. Well, if you know, go ahead and write us, personalarrogates at gmail.com, or you could give us a call, leave us a voicemail, 360-362-0024. Uh, you can also uh, always uh, check us out on Facebook. 
Uh, I'd like to thank everybody who uh, who checked this out on Facebook today, posted on the thread, um, and liked this in the past week. We got some great likes. Um, unfortunately, my phone is being weird, and so is my computer. So I will recognize those likes next week, I promise you. Um, and I really, really, really want to make everybody in Colorado aware that not only Jesse, not only me, uh, not only MVP at Life, Jordy Hoyt, uh, not only Rocky Mountain correspondent Levi Jetty, but also Ball Move All Stars, Aaron and Gino are going to be at a meetup. All that's right, people. Get is your mind fucking blown yet? We're all going to be in the same place, Boulder, Colorado, uh, at the end of this month, uh, January. It'll be January. The meetup is February first. Okay, February first, February first, Friday. Uh, we're going to be there. Uh, it's at the Avery Brewery, and I believe it's at 8 o'clock on February 1st. If you're in the Boulder area, if you're in the Denver area, get out to Boulder. Meet us. We'd love to have a beer with you. We're going to party like it's, uh, I don't know. 2013. Yeah. Or 1989. There's going to be a ton of Coke. Uh, <laughs> that's what we're saying, guys. So please. A cola. Yeah. <laughs> and rum. Uh, but uh, go ahead and come on out. Boulder, Colorado. Uh, it's the uh, Blue Yonder Personal Arrogance Exposition in Boulder. It's the inaugural one. Big meetup. So if you're in Colorado that weekend, please come and say hi. Uh, and we'd love to meet you. Um, from one state where marijuana is legal to another. <laughs> exactly. Of course, uh, the Walking Dead just uh, the Watching Dead just did their uh, wrap up, their mid season wrap up show. But you got to check out the Because Show. It's on right. baldmove.com. Please go check out the ladies at the Because Show. We love them. I think they like us a little bit. And... They called us out twice last week. Wow. Yeah. They want to see our sweaters. Well. They're that... doing the seven days of sweaters, mm. and they want to see everyone's sweaters. Oh. So take a picture of yourself wearing your sweater right. and uh, send it to the Because Show Facebook page. Do it. I love um, that. All right. And uh, so please go to baldmove.com. And, you know, we got plenty of saucy, saucy, ooh, so saucy uh, TV episodes up there for you as well. Um, so that's that. Jesse, let's do some recommendations. Call it a cast before my computer dies. What is your first recommendation? Well, my first recommendation, Eric, is, again, want to reiterate, uh, the Bald Move Network meetup. Yep. February 1st, 8 p.m., Avery Brewing Company. I'm super excited for it. I'm going to be Daronka. Yeah. So if you want to see Jesse Wilson being Daronka, yeah. it's going to be you, like a, uh, you should be there. It's going to be a juvenile song. Everybody in that club's getting tipsy. Yeah, especially me. And I'm going to play <laughs> I'm going to play the brewery card. I I got to play yeah. the professional brewer card. I I'm, I'm hoping to get a tour. I want to talk to some guys. Dude. I want to talk about yeast propagation, see what their yeast brinks are like. I want to talk about, you know, mashing in, strike temps, mash temps, uh-huh. boil durations. I want to talk about hop additions. I want to talk about yeast nutrients. Wait, 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 it's going to be sick. Are you going to be talking about the Kentucky Dozen? <laughs> are you going uh, to be hitting the, the Kentucky Dozen? That's the one thing I won't be talking about. Let's move on. Okay. My first recommendation this week, it's going to be a game. It's the greatest game that I have played in a very long time. It's for iOS. It's called Space Team. It's amazing. It was featured in Penny Arcade. 
Um, basically, you can Bluetooth all of your iOS. You got an iPhone, you got an iPod Touch, you got a uh, you got an iPad, and you'll Bluetooth together. And it's got a bunch of like weird, uh, weird little um, commands attached to it. And uh, and basically, you're going to be saying like flux capacitor to seven, and then somebody has flux capacitor on their pad, and they have to like flip it up. And the whole time you're getting pelted by meteors going in the warp drive. It's amazing. I have a sound bite. It's right here. Um, pie adapter. Engage pie adapter. Increase flange bib to two. Disengage wavelength. Flange lib to flange lib to full power. Set photo wavelength. Uh, wavelength. Photo conveyor what? Photo conveyor two. Plunge maximum. Plunge warp lantern. Mint steam rudder. Launch megahorn. Launch megahorn. Turn on depth buckle. Asteroid every shake. And Jesse, that's the soundbite. It's an amazing game. You feel like you're in Star Trek slash Star Wars, and I love it. Space <laughs> Team, it's free. Download it. That sounds cool, Eric. Yeah. What's your recommendation? Uh, good question. I, of course, I know that my recommendation is the Oak Aged Yeti. Yeah. By Great Divide. Uh, that's a another colorado brewing company um it's out for a limited time pick up a 22 ounce it's an imperial style i loved it i got it for new year's i picked up a couple special beers uh for my new year celebration it was really good okay yeti good okay uh, this this is really degrading we're we're losing power fast i'm gonna do my recommendation real quick it's king of tokyo i love this game it's a game by uh, Richard Garfield. It's a board game where you play a bunch of monsters invading Tokyo. It's a dice rolling game. If you know how to play Yahtzee, you know how to play this game. Plus, it's like Magic Light. It's got a great. It's got a lot of great flavor text and a lot of great wording that will remind you of Magic. Or if you've never played Magic before, this is a perfect game to play before you play Magic to kind of get your feet wet. Okay. Jesse, that's it. My computer's about to die. Okay, let's go. All right, buddy. Uh, we love you, the listener. And we thank you so much for letting us pour another sound of our, another hour of sound into your ears. Go with it. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, and we like to remind you that wherever you go, whatever you do, please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant.